Hey guys, it is Chris with Greg, who is the Disney detective, and Chris over here is your number one <laughs> ghost. Host. How about that pass off? I that... was going to say My Disney Addiction. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Chris is My Disney Addiction. Oh, that's what's Incarnate. Up. Oh my goodness. Well, that's okay. Let's not get carried away. Um, hey guys, how are we doing? We're super excited to be back. For another episode of My Disney Addiction. Yes, your only place to get your true Disney fix. So, we are going to be continuing um, the series on the top five rides at each park. So, what park are we going to be doing today? Universal Harry Potter World. Oh, I, I, I gotta say I was not expecting that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's called My Disney Addiction. Oh, that's it's right. It's in a different universe. Disney. Oh, darn it. Yeah, Disney, bro. Forgot about that part. Yeah, El Dorado. Road to El Dorado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Instantly <we're>, triggered. <laughs> right. We're going to be uh, starting, um, not starting, we're going to be ending this series with the Animal Kingdom. Yes, and I think I'm motioning for that park to get a name change. To what? The Animal Kingdom Phylum Class Order Family Genus Species Park. You like that? You like that? Sure. Yeah, oh, come on. I mean, it's great. I Hopefully, I said that in the right order. I mean, I'm no biologist or zoologist or animologist. Maybe a geologist? Oh, yeah. Geologist is one. Yeah, yeah. A, I don't know. I'm, I'm running out of ologists. Yeah. Well, there's a whole bunch of ists in the world. There is, and a lot of isms too. Yeah. They, they sort of go hand in hand. Yep. It's weird. Yeah. But we are Disneyologists, though. Well, I don't know. We don't have any PhDs or anything. PhDs in Disney. Those are uh, hard to come by. Yeah, I bet people have them. I guess like Disney historians, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they got a PhD in history. I mean, when you get a PhD, you become an expert in a very narrow, narrow section of a field. Right. So like you can become a PhD expert on in music, but you might be a PhD expert in music when it comes to specifically Gregorian chant between the years of this. Like <laughs> that, That's what a PhD is. You're an expert on a very thin area of it's, study. It's a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche of a niche. Yeah, exactly. So you're the expert to go to on this thing. I mean, you might be an expert in philosophy in general, but your dissertation was was on Plato's theory of the forms. Like, that is your thing. That's crazy. That's impressive, I got to say. So um, now that we're kind of got <laughs> done talking about that. Um, but, but seriously, though, hashtag new, uh, new name for Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that's not going to go anywhere. Um, <laughs> Always the the, the the realist, Chris. That's what I do. I uh, ruin people's dreams. So uh, we're going to continue uh, here in this episode with our top five rides at the Animal Kingdom. Yes. So since, Greg, you were the, nice enough to go last time, I'll go first this time. Yes, yes. Why don't you? So I'm going to start off with, and I don't even know what the name of this ride is. <laughs> well, maybe I can help you out here. Give it a whirl. So it's the Dinosaur Travel Through Time ride. I think it's just called Dinosaur. Dinosaur? Yeah, I think it's just simple like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the ride was, uh, in my top five, 
just because I think it's very cool. I mean, I liked dinosaurs as a kid. I like... Oh, yeah. Who didn't? My sister-in-law. She didn't like dinosaurs? She was terrified of dinosaurs. Is terrified of dinosaurs. My, si- my Even my wife is doesn't like them. No. <clears throat> oh, here's a dinosaur joke. Oh, good. Okay. How come you can never hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom? Why? Because their pee is silent. All right. You like that? No. How about that? Come on. Nope. 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 That was that was class A dino joke. No, that was not. So overall, I thought the ride was very good. I like. I mean, the queue's okay. I, I like kind of like what the story of it is. Um, the, what do you call it? The car, the Jeep, yeah, whatever it is, that is very jolty. Very. Like your back hurts by the time you're done getting off that ride. Yeah. And it's nonstop for however long the ride is. It doesn't give you a break. I think the dinosaurs and the plants and all that stuff look pretty cool. I think it's, I think it's a good ride. Um, Would you classify that as a dark ride? Sure. <laughs> a neo dark ride. So I don't know if I would. I mean, it's definitely up there in the in the rides for Animal Kingdom. Um, it's 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 a very good ride. I like it. Um, I I would say there are things that are that I don't like about it. It's just it's mainly the roughness of that of that car, man. That's it a is, huge detriment. Like I get the point of why they set it up that way, but it's like now I'm in a lot of pain and I need like ibuprofen. <laughs> I need some Asahat. So that's my my number lumbar area. That's my number five, Greg. What is your number five? My number five here is going to come out of Pandora, the Avatar world. And it is not Flight of Passage. It is the Navi River Journey. And uh, for me, I, I think just overall, Pandora is a wonderful addition to Animal Kingdom. I think it, it it blends very nicely with what James Cameron made uh, for that movie. Uh, by the way, looking forward to the sequel that will finally come out. It took forever, but um, I think they've been doing a lot of groundbreaking effects and filmmaking for that, uh, but I digress. Uh, going back to the ride, um, it w- I sort of feel like it has a, a certain quality of like that brings you back to the classic dark rides of like small world um, things of that nature where you're in a boat uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and you're just going through this very peaceful land and I gotta say just with how it lights up uh, it is mesmerizing huge fan of it they have nice music in the background and there's always something around a corner for you to just like stare and gawk at like this is amazing um and then finally at the end is the coup de gras is that uh avatar shaman mm-hmm. or sorry the navi shaman um woman and she's doing the chant and that chant that's an earworm it gets stuck in your head let me tell you uh but the, her animatronic capabilities Most complex are animatronics yep so it's 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 amazing how smooth she is and all, all of that, uh, it, yeah, it's, it is a phenomenal piece of engineering and artwork. So uh, 
that is a, a, a snug place in my top five to start things off. Well, actually, that is my number four. Oh, is the right Navi River yours. Journey. All I right. think uh, for the same reasons um, that you laid out. I mean, I love the colors of it. It's, I mean, it's a beautifully colorful uh, feel to it. Not super high on my list, mainly because I'm like, I kind of got the Caribbean um, small world feel. Yeah. It was like, I like what they were trying to do with it, but I'm like, it seemed a little too cut and paste yeah i mean i don't want to speak for like the disney imagineers people but i i felt like they needed another ride to alleviate off of flight of passage it's like let's just stick something else in here um we spent all of our time on flight of passage let's go back to our roots or maybe you know do something a little bit not as intense just to you know attract the crowds over there to where not everyone is storming flight of passage you know yeah and i think um I think there's a good point to be made is that not every single ride has to be the best ride. Right. No. And they can't. Like you, a, a, a lot complements each other, which I, I do like at Disney. You do need rides that are just like can take massive amounts of people. Mm-hmm. So it alleviates the crowds and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what they were doing with this ride. I still think it was very much cut and paste. Yeah. And it was just like that's cut and paste the ride but just change the scenery a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not downplaying like the animatronics or anything like that. I just feel like they could have done something else with, you know, the uh, Pandora ride that would not be as complex or anywhere near as, you know, crazy as um, Flight of Passage, but still been better and seem... I'm trying not to incite... Um, I'm trying not to be like downplaying what Imagineers do, but I, like something else that would have taken a little bit more effort on their part. Sure. Not that it didn't take effort and planning and drawing or anything like that, but it's like on the scale of what you have to like stretch your mind to try to do something different. Sure. I think Flight of Passage did that. Yeah. Not so much with this one. No. But still, great ride. Definitely fun to look at. Like beautifully stunning, but not much there that's like oh you haven't done this before yeah exactly yeah i mean i I completely agree with what you're saying and also just the depth of that world again like i said it was an extension of animal kingdom and animal kingdom already is the biggest park you know like square footage or square acreage wise so when you put avatar uh, attached to it it feels a lot smaller just because you're so used to the grandiosity and the complexity of animal kingdom like you have different continents that you're going to and then all of a sudden you're in pandora and then before you know it you've walked the entirety of it you're like oh wow that was quick there's only you know two rides but um yeah i i, th- I think with with that land they needed to have another ride that um sort of uh wasn't um a huge uh, s- selling point but enough to at least alleviate the choke point of flight of passage so um, yeah, good pick for number four. So my number three. Oh, you just get my number four. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Chris just wants to keep going. You're number four. Let's keep going. So my number four here is uh, something that you can do um, any time of the day or night. I mean, I guess you can say that with 
any ride, but for this one, um, you get to experience different outcomes, if you will. It's the Kilimanjaro Safari. And uh, I think that, I know that our lists are, are on rides. Uh, I think the Kilimanjaro Safari is a nice blend of attraction, experience, and ride, but I think it does still fit into the ride category because you're literally riding in um, a vehicle. A vehicle. Like actual vehicle. Yeah, and then a nice bonus is you get to see animals um, throughout that this this ride. And uh, it's really cool. And I, I, I really do like that they have uh, real people, um, you know, driving and also telling you some pretty cool facts about the animals that you see throughout this ride. Because, um, of course, you have a lot of other Disney rides that have uh, pre-recorded, um, you know, scripts sort of like the people mover and spaceship earth like of course i love those those are classic like dame judy dench like thank you um but with kilimanjaro safari it sort of brings me back to it, it sort of has like the jungle cruise vibe of course not every one of the safari leaders have a ton of puns or they're funny some of them though um they they definitely take the cake i'm like okay like you are so fun and interesting to listen to and you engage like the whole group of people in the vehicle. It was just an overall great time. Of course, there are some, um, and and you have different experiences every time you go, which I find very alluring. Again, that's why, like I said in the previous episode, one of my favorite rides is Toy Story Midway Mania because you can create a different outcome. You can try to best yourself. You can, you know, sort of control it in in, in a certain way. With Kilimanjaro Safari, of course, it's a little bit more indirect but you can see different animals out there that might not have appeared during your last trek. So very, very fun. Always like going with the family because again, it's, it's more of like a family ride as well. You get to share memories and see some exotic animals that you might not come in contact with where you're, where, where you're from. So um, yeah, that, that's always one that I look forward to going to when, whenever I I go to the Animal Kingdom Phylum Class Order Family Genus Species Park. Mm, yes. I would have to say I agree with you, um, but I had it higher. I, it oh. is my number three, hey. actually. Wow. I we have not planned all... this, folks. This is like a nice constant flow. It's like I, I, I talk and then Chris finishes strong. Yep. Uh, I agree with all that <laughs> stuff. Um, I like it because it's once again something that all ages can go on. Parents can take their kids. Kids and adult like adults and kids love animals so i mean that's great i like that they they've set up a lot of that area so that way people could see the animals easily right and so it's not like but they did it in a way that wouldn't destroy the natural habitat but still position it in a way where people get the full experience so like specifically a, an example would be with the lions mm -hmm. what's known as pride rock Right. They actually have it air conditioned or cooled, um, so that way the lions come and rest on it. Oh, I didn't know that. I just yep. thought they loved that spot. Like, okay, let's just go. No, they there. actually cool that rock wow. down, so that way it. Okay. Um, so the animal, so the lions will come out and like rest over there, and they put like shrubbery and trees on near that edge, so that way the lions will also come and like be around there. So, unless, because most of the time lions would be trying to, you know, 
be sleeping somewhere where it's very shaded and stuff like that. So if you put it all the way in the back, you would never see the lines. But they position things and set things up in a way that would be the case. They also have like feeding areas that will be very close to like, so they have essentially barriers, uh, separations. Think of kind of like a moat. Okay, yeah, yeah. Between where the animals are and what where the vehicle drives. So the animals will never go past, but they put like logs and trees and rocks there, but they put the food where those logs and trees and rocks are. Makes sense. So that way the animals can come out and all that stuff. So it's, it's very cool what they do with it. I mean, once again, by pure Disney standards, where when Walt built um, Magic Kingdom in Florida, there was a certain standard that the government had of this is what we require for you to be mm-hmm. within right. line of what we require. But then Walt actually was even had higher standards for people like this is what I expect and how you actually do environmental impacts. This is what I expect for how you take care of things. So his um, way of doing things when it came to animals and the environment was always higher. So I liked what they did with this one. They, you know, went and talked to, you know, zoologists and people who worked at, like, you know, what, I don't even know, not farms, but essentially they went and talked to tons and tons and tons of experts and talked to... The PhDs. You know, PhDs, people <laughs> who are experts with animals, people who are experts specifically with... Um, horticultural all that so that way they can make sure the animals are taken care of like they do everything to make sure that this is a great experience for the animals as well Um, which I like so both ends of it very much a family ride very much where people can take photos and stuff like that but they do it in a way that's completely we have to make sure the animals are taken care of they get you know great they have there's very high standards for how they're taken care of so right. all that stuff combined, I think, makes it an amazing ride. Yes, yeah. And I think for me, after hearing what you have to say about it, uh, makes me appreciate it even more now. So that's awesome. Awesome. So, Greg, what is your number trace? My number three ride would have to be Mount Everest. Expedition Everest, as it were. Um, I this one has always been one of my favorites in Animal Kingdom. Again, it's a roller coaster. I love that feeling. It it sort of is reminiscent in like a rock and roller coaster vibe where you go through, you know, loop de loops or corkscrews. Um, but the thing that gets me now, and I feel so old when I when I bring this up, but you know, of course, you you do like a leisurely uh, ride up the mountain, and then all of a sudden you stop at these busted tracks and then you go backward and then that's when you go through that that corkscrew or loop-de-loop and every time like within the recent trips like that always gets me and it never did before it just like like once I hit you know like mid my my mid-20s I was like oh gotta take a break okay tap out tap out and uh that's why it's not higher is because that ride does mess with me a little bit uh, to where I can't really enjoy the second half of the ride. But still, it's great. I love what they're able to do with it. And um, again, it just goes back to the theming of Animal Kingdom where you have different continents. With Asia, that was perfect. The queue line is one of my favorites because it looks real like you're actually you know, in Nepal getting ready to climb the Himalayas. 
and you have those like really cool uh, banners with with uh, those colored sheets that uh, even the slightest breeze makes them rustle and it just it gives you that sense like okay like you're not in Florida you're actually about to you know go on this expedition so I think it's really cool and the effort and time that the Imagineers put into the queue alone is is above par um, as usual but again the ride's great I really do like the construction of the roller coaster itself I think that's one of the more uh, higher quality coasters in terms of like that lap bar because some of them like you know especially if you get jostled around you can slide left to right it's not as a fun experience like with Big Thunder Mountain Railroad that bar and you know with it being two people like, you definitely slide around and you're like you know in in the in the turns you're like squishing the other person whereas for Expedition Everest you have your own specific seat and those lap bars man they're so nice you can get them nice and snug you ain't moving and uh again it's it's something to where you can get so high you can see the other parts of the park and you can see like the epcot spaceship earth ball um sorry the geo d6 sphere is that what it's called geodesic sphere. geodesic i've heard it both ways um but yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a great experience, and I, I know I keep saying experience, but again, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just phenomenal, and I think um, that ride, uh, it'll be hard-pressed for me to think that they will take it down or they'll try to update it in any way. I mean, it's, it's just classic. I <laughs> once again agree with you, but that's at, at my number two. Oh, my gosh. Well, continue it, man. We're on a roll. Yeah, I think Joe Rody did an amazing job with the uh, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. with the ride and that was his the, name. Um, the cue, the artwork, and it's one of those things where it's like everybody's had that like Bigfoot Yeti kind of thing. Like, is it real? Is it not real? Sure. All that I'm stuff. I'm gonna go search for it in the woods. Um, I am kind of upset that they got rid of the big animatronic. I mean, I, I get it because it was so big and it, it kept breaking. So that's why they got rid of it, and they just do kind of like a hologram. But they took the big animatronic and kind of just placed him above the cave. Yeah, so he doesn't move anymore. So yeah. I, I am bummed about that. Yeah, good point. So that's kind of kind of sucks. But I think the queue is an amazing queue. So, so epic. Um, so I love I love the ride. Um, the going backwards part is really fun. Um, so I like how it goes up, goes backwards, and then it goes down. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And I, I think that they did a very good job with that ride. Yeah. And I, and I think they, they, st- they did like the trial and error off of the Matterhorn in Disneyland. So they mm-hmm. understood how to create a really convincing roller coaster that was built in a mountain. It was great. It was great. So I'm interested to know what your number two is. Yes. Actually. My number two ride is... I forget exactly in which continent or part of animal kingdom it is i want to say that it's still in asia i think so yeah but it is kali river rapids it's in asia asia okay good and for the longest time like i wasn't about that ride uh because i didn't want to get soaked uh that one i could get soaked far more than any time on splash mountain um, and I never really enjoyed wearing ponchos even when it was raining. I was like, I feel so constricted. And yeah, even though I'm not getting totally wet, this is just, I, I don't look cool. 
So with with Kali, I used to wear the poncho on it uh, when my parents made me go on with them. Um, but now I love it just because I sort of revamped my whole approach to Disney in terms of what I wear. Um, it's very light, very breathable. Like I'm a big fan of tank tops like I had mentioned before. So I wear, that's like the only thing I wear uh, in the mornings and the afternoons before, you know, the sun sets. So again, breathable shorts, I even wear sandals. Um, so with that and the Kali River Rapids, when it is open, I mean, for me, if I do get drenched, so be it, but I don't have a whole lot of uh, fabric on me to where it, it just sort of sticks and, and gives me the chills. So um, I, I think it's also based on how I plan it out. I think more people would enjoy it too if they're not you know busy carrying a backpack or a purse or uh, they have jeans. You know, jeans are the worst to dry, especially if you're wearing them still. So, um, but the ride though is, is great. Like I'm always looking around my shoulder like, oh, will I be like, will the raft turn and out of my favor and then I'm the first one to get pelted by this huge like under subterranean geyser. Um, very fun. The only reason why it is not number one uh, is again, it sort of goes back to that Splash Mountain issue is when it's not cold um, warm enough um, or if it's too windy they will shut it down so it's definitely one of those rides that is weather dependent and uh, but regardless of that um, it's still my number two spot it's it, it, it's a very solid ride in my opinion excellent so I think our number one is going to be the same Ooh, you think so I'm almost a hundred percent sure. Ooh. All right. Well, I will give you the honors. Well, should we say it at the same time? All right. You ready? All right. One. One. Two. two three. Flight, flight of, of passage. passage. Yep. There it is. I mean, let's be honest. That ride. Now, once again, I have not experienced Rise of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. But. Good disclaimer. This ride was a mind-blowing ride like dear goodness it is phenomenal like so the first time we went we had fast passes and stuff like that and um so we went there went on the rides and when we were in the fast pass line it wasn't that bad actually but we were talking to one of the um cast members that was working there and you know we were waiting in line for a little bit so i was just kind of starting up a conversation with him and I asked him I was like were you here on opening day when this ride opened he's like yep I was like how long was the line he's like eight hours eight hours on opening day yes oh my see I think I think Disney understood it's like okay if we open up another huge ride like this aka rise of resistance this is what's going to happen an eight hour probably even 10 plus hour wait so that's why i think they initiated this new form of of uh, a boarding pass so anyway sorry that was just a quick uh, side thought to me so that was one of the first interesting stories um wow eight hours so it was good and then when we went on it um it was funny because um the way they have it positioned you're essentially like almost kind of like sitting on like a front end of a crotch rocket yeah yeah but then they put something against your back so it's like you're leaning forward Mm -hmm. like you're on a crotch rocket and have something against your back and um 
once it started going, it was so visually stunning. And you just, the smells, like the machine, like. And the sensations too, like when they're um, flying down by like the ocean, you can, you feel the spray. Yep. And the smells, it's amazing. And so like my wife, the first time we were, we were all on it. Cause I think we went on it. I think they went on it a couple of times. I only went on it once. Um, and, um, my wife, the first time (laughs) she was just saying, Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Like always not. And so that was pretty funny. Um, my wife loved that ride so much. I, when I first went on that ride, it was so like mind blowing how much they made it seem like you were flying. Like the way I described it to my wife, she was like, what'd you think of the ride after we got off? Because I was so blown away by it. I was like, the best way to describe it was like the first time I ever drove a, mo- a motorcycle. Wow, like, you, wow, that reminded you of it? Yeah, like that feeling of like that freeing of a feeling. Because like, yeah, if, if you're on a motorcycle, it's like you have no metal around you. Right. So it's like you just have wind blowing on you and like you're huh. in control. And it, it's very much a, um, uh, I don't know how to explain it that, that well, but... The idea that um, you could potentially like move and it's like just with the slightest touch you're moving and there's like nothing you don't have another seat or like a door to lean up against you're just like if you lean one way you're leaning into air oh wow so like see I think that's what partly like scares me about riding or owning a a motorcycle it's just that feeling it's like whoa you you have to be like on the ball and uh, like you said, like the slightest turn, you'll, you're moving in a different direction. Yeah, but like that it, that freeing feeling from a motorcycle. Sure. Driving it, that's what I felt like with that. Uh, that's the best way. I, could, I was like, it literally felt like that kind of experience again. So, Greg, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, the thing that got me the last time I, I rode it was... I was, of course, just awestruck still from the complexity of that um, IMAX screen that just it, it envelops you. Um, I loved the journey, and again, like it, it's sort of it's a ride slash simulator where like you're simulating your your that you're flying, you're dropping down, like you have that sense of weightlessness, even though like probably your row isn't moving all that much. Um, but again, they they just they weave it so impeccably well that um, it's just this experience that takes you away. Like you don't remember anything else or you don't worry about your cares. It's, it's awesome. So um, the only thing that I do have a grave about, and I think a lot of people do, but at this point it has become more of a meme or a joke would be that, uh, that scientist um, who gets you prepped and ready for your avatar. Um, yeah, he just didn't do it for me. He was he was very flat. It looks like he didn't memorize his lines or he was just reading off of like a teleprompter behind the camera. Um, but didn't really enjoy his acting skills per se. Um, but anyway, it it is what it is. Um, it, now when whenever I go, you know, there are people in my party and even in other parties where like, you know, they're just having fun with it or they're quoting him before he says that that term so i think now it's turned into more of a joke instead of saying really are you serious like this guy um and 
I'm sure other people do think he does a fine job. I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe. I don't know. But for me, yeah, I, I just never bought into that. And I, I hope that, you know, Sigourney Weaver would have done an introduction. But I know that she's you know, super busy, probably. Um, and I like to equate Flight of Passage with Soren, but it's like a, on steroids. Because when I was on my Banshee and, you know, feeling it breathe on my thighs, I, I looked down and across at the other rows because I was curious to see like how far it would go or how many people are actually experiencing the same show or a simulation as I am. And those rows, they're big. I mean, again, they remind me of Soren because you know how when it lifts up, you have three, three different rows uh, with, with Flight of Passage. With Flight of Passage, thank you. Um, yeah, you, you, you can just look down, you can see a bunch of rows of people just all in sync as you're moving, as you're going down, you know, people are leaning forward. It was, it was a breathtaking, um, thing. And I, I, I never realized how many people are experiencing the same show or simulation that I am. So flight of passage, number one, hands down. Definitely. Yes. I, I agree with you. Did you ever get like your face painted like a Navi? No, never did anything not like that. Ever did not tempted? get the uh, anima, not the robotic uh, Banshee either. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. There's this one like character actor that just like walks around that park, and you know he's he's like uh, one of those guys in the big mecha suits. Yeah. Uh, but with the way they created it, it's so clever. Like you can tell that he's on stilts. You know, he's he's tall. But they created like a lower half of him as if he's sitting down. And it's so cool to see that. Because like I know what's going on. I know what's going on. But it looks so well made that it's like, yep, I if I just quickly looked at that and I didn't know um, too much of, of like the story, um, I would have believed that he would be sitting down and something else was controlling those legs. So I always enjoy seeing those guys out there. Excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was our episode. Oh, my goodness. It just flew by. Yeah. Well, there's like, not a ton of rides in Animal Kingdom, but there are a handful of good ones. Yes. There so, are quality rides. So we're going to wrap up here uh, today. Just got a couple of announcements. Once again, we are going to be starting our giveaway in March. At the end of March, we will be doing a giveaway. So that means right now, continuing through March, the way to be entered into that giveaway is please share any of our posts with a person, a family or friend tagged in that shared post. Yes, that is key because that will make you eligible for this giveaway. So that is something that we want to do. So obviously the more people you share with people, like the, obviously, you know, if you share the post multiple times with one individual name each time obviously out we will definitely put that means your name's going to be in there more often <laughs> you don't say so that's a so that's something that we want you guys to be a part of and obviously um participate in because we want to give you stuff we'd like to give you more disney merch the oh, other thing yeah. that we're going to be doing in march is we're going to be starting a youtube channel with this podcast so we will have that going on Something else is we will be starting a essentially um, food cooking tutorial review thing of Disney recipes on the YouTube channel as well. 
So that will be super, super fun. Oh, I can't wait. And so that's a couple things coming up here in the next uh, month or so. <clears throat> Greg, where can people find us? Ooh. So we're all on different social media. And now with YouTube, uh, we can add that to the list. But uh, Facebook here, it is My Disney Addiction Podcast. On Twitter, our handle is My Disney Addicts, at My Disney Addicts, that is. And then uh, let's not forget good old Instagram at my underscore Disney underscore addiction underscore podcast. Make sure to follow us. Make sure to write us a review on whichever podcast listener you enjoy this uh, this time with us on. Um, really do appreciate that those five-star reviews and, uh, and make sure that, that your voice gets heard because this is all about creating a community community centered around Disney and your passion for everything Disney. Excellent. Greg, do you happen to have a quote for us? Ooh, uh, there are so, so many quotes here. And I don't know what to choose from, honestly. There's so Just many. Do you one, have man. anyone off the top of your mind? Or any anyone? <laughs> anyone off the top of mind? Any one quote. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. I'm I'm searching. There's I this... think uh, one of them that I uh, I need help, man. Really like is um, from uh, uh, what's what's his name? Jiminy Cricket. Oh, Deep Pole. All right. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket. You know, obviously is talking to Pinocchio, but obviously he was in in the in the movie he. Is talking about how to become a real boy with Pinocchio, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens at the end of it. But Pinocchio, um, not Pinocchio, uh, Jiminy Cricket, all right, tells him, you know, that the best thing to do is tell the truth. And I think that's a great piece of advice for all of us, you know, mm -hmm. always being able to tell the truth and be open and honest is gonna be the best key ingredient for a good life there exactly yep keep things above board transparent things will not spiral out of control and before you know it you'll be in a position that you don't want to be in just because that little lie potentially maybe turn into a bigger one so always be truthful even though it might be a little hard at first you will definitely thank yourself later all right ladies and gentlemen it has been a pleasure talking with you guys today and we will see you guys next time on my Disney Addiction Podcast. George, George, George of the Jungle, watch out for that tree! That was a Titan Cast episode.